Welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio, the bicycle industry podcast that brings retailers, vendors, advocates, and thought leaders to the mic for honest discussions about the latest issues facing retailers while taking an in-depth look at the person within the profession. All right, this is MBDA President Heather Mason. I'm joined here with MBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten. This is the NOSH, NOSH Episode 8. And friends, this is going to be our final NOSH episode. As next month, we will transition into an NBDA industry news update with our friends at Human Powered Solution. The industry news update will be a monthly feature that will touch on supply updates, mobility updates, e-bike news, and more. So, Rochelle, I guess we're going to have to close out this final NOSH, make this one like a jam-packed episode, right? I think we can do it. Yes, there's going to be lots in here. So Rochelle is just back from our NBDA Costa Rica trip. So we'll touch on that. Maybe get into our workshops at CABDA, our continuing education courses. We have our career board. So some good things that we're going to touch on over the next 30 minutes. And then we're going to welcome in Scott Butler, CEO and president of Ascent 360, We asked him to come on the NOSH because we've been hearing from retailers that door counts are down, traffic in store is down, and we think that Ascent360 is a fantastic platform that retailers can use your data to reach out to your current customers and welcome them back in, and you can do it very strategically. Scott has led and built marketing programs for over 50 Fortune 500 clients. So he, I think, is considered an expert, if you would agree with me. And we really want to get his wisdom to help guide and educate our listeners on how they can offer this personalized, customer-centric service. So there's lots here. Rochelle, welcome back. I think you just got back at like midnight last night. I don't even know. How was Costa Rica? Tell me about the retailer experience, the whole thing. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. We spent a week in the beautiful rainforest in the middle of Costa Rica, away from civilization without phone service, so that we really had to get together and talk. There was a lot of shop talk. There was a lot of laughing. We all had a fantastic time. And every single retailer that was there was like, how do I send all my employees? Let me know. How do I come back again? Do you do, you know, different packages? What can I do? Like everyone had such a fantastic time. I came home to like 500 emails in my inbox and I'm not even stressed out about it. <laughs> there is something to be said for that recharge and just putting the phone aside. So I went with the retailers last year. Our listeners may remember. I didn't go on this trip. Rochelle went for the MBDA, but the same thing. The retailers just, we just had an opportunity at night to sit around and talk. We played cards. We talked shop talk, went for walks together And there is so much to be said for just that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not any other place where the shop owners get the chance that they have to put everything aside. You know, there were some retailers there who were like, oh, crap, we have Wi-Fi here. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to look at my phone. This trip that the MBDA puts together is put together with the Procuri Outdoor Center, our good friend Tom. And actually, while you were there, I already contacted him and set up the 2024 January trip. So it's happening again. I couldn't believe this is already year two. I mean, we've are you know, we're already two years in with them. So I was like, we're planning it again. So it's going to be the same weekend. So listeners, next January, if you want to come with us. 
Did you ride this time, Rochelle? We did some mountain biking. Yep. Yep. And then some good mountain biking, really good downhills in there. Oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. I know. And then so you rode to the river and then you raft in. Tell me about it. Yeah. So you arrive and you're taken to Tom's house, which is set up as sort of an Airbnb kind of thing. Beautiful view of the forest in there. It was amazing. And so you spend the night there and then you ride from there to the river, the Pecorai River. And then you raft for the second half of the day to a lodge in literally the middle of the rainforest. There's nothing else out there. It's incredible. So you do some really fun rafting to that lodge. And then the next day you do some zip lining. There's a big Tarzan swing that I didn't think I was going to do, but we did anyway. Did everyone do that? Almost everyone, yeah. That's awesome. There was another big rafting day where there was some class threes and then some class four rapids in there, which was a lot of fun. And then you get back to civilization, back on the river and go back to Tom's house and then it was home. So it doesn't sound like much, but all of us were sitting there on day three going like, has it been two weeks that we've been in Costa Rica? This feels so relaxing. I know. And the people, you know, we always talk about making our staff members, you know, the value of our staff members. And that is something that I took my kids back there and the team that is like your guides, they cook for you. They become your friends. I mean, just weren't they amazing? They were the most personable, trustworthy, great sense of humor on everybody. Incredible crew. They cooked chicken one night and they had my kids believing it was like alligator or kangaroo (laughs) or something. It was so funny. (laughs) Great cooks. Such a good time. I'm so happy to hear that it was it was such a good time. And I saw some of the pictures that were posted and I know you intend to post some more. By the time this comes out, you will have already posted more. So really excited that our retailers are doing these events with us and getting out of the store because it is, it's, it's good for the mind, body, soul, and you are talking shop too. So, you know, could be a business expense. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we did have a retailer that on this trip sent two of their employees, their top service people who had sold, you know, one of them had sold the most bikes out of the company and one of them had sold the most service plans out of the company. And so as a reward, they got this trip to Costa Rica and they were so excited that they did. Yeah. Talk about rewarding your employees. That's a fabulous idea. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk more travel. So you have been kind of on the road because right before Costa Rica was Cab de West. And yeah, let's just talk about Cab de West for a second. I know we have Midwest coming up. I think by the time this airs, we'll be actually at Midwest. (laughs) But Cabo West, you know, great show. Great to see so many retailers. I thought the education sessions were really well attended. I know I was out running around doing the education. You were in the booth a lot. What are some of your takeaways? I thought it was fantastic at the West show because we did see a good number of people who we already knew and we got to see in person. But there were a really good number of people that we haven't even met yet, didn't know who the NBDA is. And so we got to interact with a whole new set of retailers and hear about their stories and tell them about our organization, which is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm always amazed when people are like, I've never heard of the MBDA. I was like, oh my God, we need to do better. And oh my God, I can't wait to tell you. So yeah. it's like one of those mixed feelings. So this is going to be coming out Tuesday, February 7th, which is going to be the day before Midwest starts. So if you're listening to this, you're a fan of the podcast. My challenge to you, I'm going to drop it right here. If you leave a review on the podcast, so go to, you know, leave a review on Apple reviews, or I think on Apple reviews is where we can see that you've left a review and then stop by the NBDA booth. If you're at the show and we'll give you a really cool free buy where you ride shopping tote, like reusable bag. They're super cool. So leave a review, come by the booth, show us your review and we're going to hook you up. That sounds fun, right? I mean, that sounds awesome. I know. You didn't know I was going to do that because you were in Costa Rica, but I thought it would be fun. So (laughs) I love it. Also with CABDA, we have our P2 workshops, which are the day before the shows. So if you're listening to this CABDA East, so the day before CABDA East goes live to the expo, we'll be hosting a P2 workshop. There's still time to register for that. You can learn more on the CABDA website. It'll link you over to the MBDA website. You can sign up. It's one day spent with other retailers, really driving in on all the things that could help you in your business to make your business more profitable. Uh, We're going to touch on the customer acquisition retention piece, store layout, service center profitability, your mission, vision, culture, core values. We'll even dive into some pro tips from our current P2 members, what they have learned being part of the program for so many years that have really helped their business. So if you're headed to Cabinet East early March, take part in that workshop. I think we have space for 20. It is filling quickly. You get to spend the day with Rochelle and I, and it's really a good, a great time, right? And just a ridiculous amount, I'm sorry, of things learned. Yeah. And the notebooks are always full at the end of that day. Yeah. Yeah. The the workshop out at Cabda West was fantastic. So highly suggest that. We did release our 2021 market report, and we've been doing some supporting webinars around that market report. If you're interested to learn more about the bicycle market from 2021, look on the nbda.com backslash store. You're going to see the market report in there. There's a full description of what's enclosed. Our next webinar is next week, February 15th. So definitely join us for that. Access to that webinar is free for those who purchase the report or for NBDA members. We have a Monday Mingle on the calendar, right? Yeah, it's that same week on the 13th. Awesome. So Monday Mingle is a time where our members come together. We use Zoom. We get to see each other. We talk about you know what's keeping us up at night, what wins we had the last week. Sometimes there's specific topics. It's a great way to interact with the MBDA team and other retailers. So definitely 2.13 is that Monday Mingle. Show up for that. Let's dive into continuing education. Yeah, this is exciting. We just launched our continuing education series with our first two classes. So we have, so the first one is Bicycle Marketing Boot Camp, which is a great series that's going to be covering everything from social media to email newsletter to anything else that you use to communicate with your customers and best practices for those. And then the second one is leveraging what you own, maximizing rider engagement and profit through your service department. So that one is going to cover your service menu, your physical layout of your service center, 
intake efficiency and measuring your productivity and knowing what you should charge in regard to your service center. So two really good topics to start off. Yeah. So continuing education, you know, our thought here, our ideas here are to offer retailers an opportunity where you sign up for a class that you're, you know, committed to attend either four to six weeks in a row. These are virtual classes. They happen over Zoom. They're about 45 to 60 minutes, depending on the class. Um, You'll have a set schedule so you know when to attend. The instructors are very professional instructors. The marketing boot camp is run by Kristen Student Brandt, who actually owns a marketing firm. She has experience there. She also is co-owner of a bicycle retail store. And then the leveraging what your own, the service center one is run by Brennan Marquez, who is a 29-year veteran of the industry, long history leading SBCU rider education for retailers. So really great, great instructors and a fantastic opportunity to dedicate time to get some more efficiencies in certain areas. So these are our first two classes. And we're working on a couple more instructors to come forward for some classes for March, April, just the remainder of 2023. We want to bring you some fresh, exciting things already. Response has been awesome. So really excited to see retailers making the time, prioritizing the time to work on their business. So thanks for that. Any questions, just let us know. Yeah. Keep those email campaigns fired up talking about the retail marketing bootcamp. It's so important right now. We talk about customer retention, getting people back in the door, having a dedicated plan in place to really continue to reach out to your customers through email, social media, other modes of engagement is really important. And finally, our career page is launched and doing well, right, Rochelle? Yeah. So we have a number of retailers who have already taken advantage of it. We are putting resources into getting advertising on our side for people in the business to come and look at all of those jobs. So it's a great resource. It's affordable, you know, and we made sure to make it affordable for NBDA members to use it. So that is just on our website, if you go to Programs NBDA Career Center, you can look at all of that information right there. Awesome. Maybe we should transition now and bring Scott in. What do you think? I think that sounds great. Yeah, he's been on the podcast several times. And the team at Ascent360 is really focused on helping bicycle retailers, as I said, take that email marketing to the next level. I know they recently lowered their pricing so even more retailers can find their way to working with them. So it should be a great conversation. All right, let's bring them in. All right, welcome, Scott. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, where do we even start bringing you back on the podcast? You've been on the podcast before and our members have you know, reported back that they just learned so much. We want to talk about email marketing, data collection, that personalized communication, which is so important right now. And I know from speaking to a couple of people on the Ascent 360 team that you recently lowered pricing to help more of our members work with you. So that's really, I want to just get into all of that today. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, and I know a lot of our members, a lot of our P2 members also are using Ascent 360 and they in every meeting talk about what they're using it for, the growth that they've seen. We've been talking about reaching current customers instead of trying to find new customers because those are the easiest ones, you know, to go after and reminding them 
you know, what you can offer them. So that personalized data and hitting them on the things that they really want to see is what we want to touch on today. Yeah, perfect. I mean, the first thing you'd probably say right there is the reason to try to talk to known customers is it's just very, very expensive to find a new customer, right? To find someone who's never heard of you, had never used you and get them to become a customer is expensive. And, you know, the typical sort of industry benchmark is about seven times more. So, you know, keeping a current customer is just much, much easier and less expensive than, than trying to find someone that has never heard of you. Yeah, it's all about getting the customers that we have back in the door. I'm hearing that foot traffic is down, that door traffic's down. Listeners, Ascent360.com, that's the website. Not only is it, a, is it a great website, there's lots of information on there about the services they offer, but there's a lot of white papers and blogs that they've written directly on this topic. So when you have time, Ascent360.com. Scott, Ascent360, you talk about smart marketing. Can yeah. you go into a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, everything that Ascend360 does, right? And so, you know, first off, we call ourselves a data-driven marketing platform, but it's really all about direct-to-consumer marketing. So how do you talk directly to someone that you know? They might be a customer, meaning they've made a purchase. They might be a prospect in that they've just signed up on your, you know, website to hear from you. But nonetheless, that is all fundamentally different than mass marketing and you know a lot of what you might find uh, through different marketing channels, right? So the the way we think about it is you want to talk to the right person at the right time through the right channel with the right offer. And if you can do that, then not only are you you know having kind of very very relevant smart messaging, you're not talking to lots of people who don't want to hear from you. That's really what we're trying to achieve through the platform. Yeah. So we've heard from a lot of retailers that. They're trying to get better about collecting email addresses at at the point of sale, but they're not always getting it. It's something that slips through the cracks. Can you kind of touch on why it's so important? Yeah, so there are some pretty amazing things to think about here. What is true is that the amount of sort of revenue that you can drive from a database using database marketing is related in some sense to the size of the database. You know, there's other things, right? The quality of the people in the database. But what we do know is that if you have a database of a thousand people, you're probably going to make one tenth of what you'd make if it was 10,000 people. And if in fact you could get to a hundred thousand people, you're probably going to make 10 times more than if it was 10,000 people. What you can t- typically find is relatively steady response rates and conversion rates. And it's it's not perfect, right? It really does depend on the messaging and the offers and all those sorts of things. But one way or another, having more people in your database will, in fact, increase revenue. And so it really is like literally one of the most fundamental things I would focus on is just collecting that data. It's not always comfortable. We do, in fact, have clients in the bike industry who are collecting 85% of all transactions that is, you know, an, an impressive number. You know, they'll exclude, you know, whether or not someone just bought a cliff bar, but everything else they kind of expect that they can, in fact, get customer data. And it's ultimately very, very valuable, right? A loyal customer is worth about 10 times what a not loyal customer is. So, you know, you, you just kind of consider the math there. It's really, really important to do. 
And then you with the Center 60 go even a step further and create segmented email marketing. Can you kind of go into what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at the simplest, what we do is connect to our client systems, such as Lightspeed or Ascend RMS, right, to really popular point of sale e-commerce platforms in the bike industry. And we suck all the customers and all their transactions into our system. And what that does is kind of enable the ability to segment those customers based on the information we have, right? So let's give example one, hey, you use MailChimp and you want to send an email. And so you're just going to send a newsletter and just send it to everybody. And that is not segmented. You don't know if those people are customers. You don't know if they just purchased a couple of days ago. You don't know whether they you know, live in a different state now, all those sorts of things. So when we think about segmenting, we don't think about it in any really complex terms, or at least you don't need to start that way. You just say, look, I'm going to segment based on their behavior. So let's segment the people who were on our website yesterday but didn't buy, and let's send them something to say, you know, come back to the website and buy. Or customers who purchased, you know, a road bike over $2,000, right? This is a fundamentally different group than people who bought a, you know, $450, $500 mountain bike. And, you know, so you, you segment them based on things that you know, could be demographic, could be purchase history, could be their behavior, and then use that data to, again, send the right message to the right person at the right time with the right offer. I feel like I've heard in some of our P2 meetings, we just hosted a workshop out at Cabda West. We were talking about effective email marketing. And I think too often we just send an email just to send one. It's like, I got to get one out. So I'm just going to pull up my MailChimp account or whatever we're using and just send one out. On that, like, is there a perfect cadence to emails? So I wouldn't even kind of contemplate the idea of cadence. You know, if, if you would have asked me this three years ago, my answer would have been, you can't send too many emails and you can't send too few emails because both are problems. If you send too few, they forget about you. If you send too many, people are like, why did I get all this stuff? I'm not that interested. Let me get rid of it. But what I'd actually say today, effective email marketing is really about trying to use the things you know about the customer and act on that. And the best way to think about it is through automations, right? So email automations. So if in fact you automate an email that goes to someone who was on your website yesterday or someone who made a purchase seven days ago, those two things are first of all effective because you don't have to say, hey, I'm going to go make another one, right? You've created once, you automate it, and it goes out every single day to people who were on your website yesterday or people who purchased from you seven days ago. So it's effective from your time perspective. You create it once and it goes over and over and over. Maybe you need to change the creative once a season when it's winter versus summer or something like that. But those things are in and of themselves effective. But the other kind of way to measure effectiveness from that perspective is through, you know, engagement, you know, ideas of open and click rates. And what you'll find is if you send an email that is in fact relevant to the person who's getting it, you're going to find open rates of 60%, 70% sometimes. So as a matter of fact, if you send like a post-purchase thank you, you know, you're going to find a 65, 70% open rate. If you send an email to everyone in your database 
it probably looks like 13 to 15% now. So what you're really saying is you just bored 85% of the people who got it, they weren't interested, and they have no interest. The other is, you know, the exactly the, you know, if you will, the inverse. And that's how it's probably worth thinking about it. The other thing is, you know, you do want to send those newsletter type emails, but only when you have something to say. And that is to say, look, if you've got an event coming up, then people should know about it. And it's not going to be necessarily based on, you know, something that they did. So as an example, if you've got a tent sale or you've got a big ride coming up or you've got, you know, a pro cyclist that's going to be in the shop, those are perfect times to send that type of an email. And you're still going to get engagement because you're really telling something that is probably relevant to at least the people who care about that topic. So figuring out what is relevant to your customer base, do Mm -hmm. you help retailers with that? Like what people are more prone to, you know, buy this certain thing? And then do you help them figure out when to send which emails? We do. So our platform, the idea is the data gets pulled into the platform and then we show lots of charts and graphs that analyze that data and give our clients elements to understand and consider, you know, how to act on it. So a good example of this is actually we've got a chart that's called spend by quintile. And I know that's a little bit in the weeds. But the core idea is it shows you every grouping of your customers by the most valuable 20% to the lowest valuable 20%. So five buckets, right? The most value, then the next, then the next, then the next, then the lowest. And how much each of those groups spend. And what you'll typically find is there's an 80-20 rule there. So about 80% of all revenue, all of it, is typically spent by about 20% of the customer base. And we see this across industries. But, you know, if most of the bike retailers we work with have that exact same idea. And so then you start asking yourself, if that's in fact the case, right, I've got 20% that are driving 80% of my revenue, shouldn't I interact with them in a slightly different way than everybody else, right? They're really quite valuable. And, you know, we often brainstorm with our clients like, well, what should we do? And as an example, some of our clients will have, you know, interesting things that they can give to their high value customers to make their high value customers, you know, feel as though that retailer cares. So as an example, one of them actually had tickets to a big bike race in town. So they gave those away. One had a pro rider coming into the store and was going to lead a ride. So, of course, they send that to the high value customers. And another one actually lives near one of the kind of second tier bike brands and offered tours of that brand. So really cool stuff like that. So, look, you first look at the data. You say, okay, the data is telling me something. Now let me see what I should act on. And, you know, that includes what people are buying. We even create kind of automated segments about, you know, whether someone's a road biker or a mountain biker, all those sorts of things. That's a lot. I mean, there's so much you guys do. And I know that you're working with bicycle retailers of all scales. I know many with multiple doors, some smaller retailers. It's really a diverse crowd, but also the ski industry. Yep. Uh, thankful that you came on and you met with our P2 group to talk about some of the comparisons from the ski industry. Yeah, that- that's right. 
Yeah. Anything like, I don't know that you would just like maybe the biggest thing here as far as a comparison for our retailers listening? Well, maybe there's a comparison in things that are similar. I think the thing that is the most similar is that, you know, both the ski industry, our bike retailers, as well as clients in other industries, jewelry, women's fashion, those sort of things, end up having some subset of customers who purchase year in, year out, make repeat purchases, and think about you when they go to make one of those purchases. And when they get asked by friends, you know, where should I buy a bike? Or, you know, what pass are you getting this year? Right? They know the answer to that. And I, I think that that kind of stretches across. I thought I would probably mention in the ski industry, they actually have this kind of known challenge. And that known challenge is about how do you get beginners into the sport, right? The first time that most people go skiing, they don't like it. That doesn't really matter if they're 14 years old or five years old. It just so happens that most people go when they're five years old, don't remember that they didn't like it and their parents take them many times. But it takes about five times skiing before you get good enough that you actually have a bunch of fun. So the ski industry very intentionally tries to manage through that process. And that is to say that there actually are annual awards from the National Ski Association. It's called Beginner Conversion. And, you know, what are the mountains and the resorts and the destinations that are doing the best job of trying to get beginners into the sport? Because I think we all know that if you become a lifelong skier, it ends up being very good for the business because people who are lifelong skiers end up actually spending a lot of time and money in the sport. I think the same exact thing is true in the bike industry. And I think we all know that we have a lot of new cyclists since the pandemic. And I think it's incumbent on us in the industry to figure out how do we engage these folks in ways that they want to be engaged, right? It, it's not all about right talking to them about the newest equipment or carbon fiber or you know electric brakes. It may, in fact, be a fundamentally different conversation that really is about building a relationship with them, building trust so that they can come to you and say, I don't know why, but you know, every time I turn the pedals, it sounds terrible. And I think I'm breaking something. So they don't feel threatened when they come and say some pretty basic things. And I think the ski industry's done pretty well there. So that might be a little bit longer answer than you wanted, but I think it's a good one. No, that's fantastic. We've been talking to a lot of retailers recently that say, I have all these great ideas, but I'm barely getting my to-do list done during the day. How do I add this one thing, even if as fantastic an idea as it is, onto that to-do list? So can you kind of talk about what the process looks like when somebody is looking to get into working with Ascent 360? Yep. So first of all, we're actually really easy to get started with. As you noted, we have a new product here that it really is just free trial, connect your you know, light speed data or, you know, other platform data, all of it builds and builds this whole data-driven marketing platform. So it's very easy to get started. But I think the question maybe more is, right, so that's, you know, that'll take 10 minutes. But I think the question more is, okay, now that I've got this powerful marketing platform, where do I start? And the place that I would recommend nobody ever start is with a newsletter. To create a newsletter, you have to actually say to yourself, okay, what am I going to talk about? And start creating a bunch of ideas 
that is, you know, this new bike is out or having this event or, you know, when you start trying to create a newsletter, you start thinking to yourself, what are the five things that I want to tell people? And it takes a fair amount of creativity. You don't necessarily all have all the images for it, those sorts of things. Where I would suggest people start is just simply with automations. So if you can say to yourself, look, I'm going to create a post-purchase automation. And that means after someone buys something, two days later, 10 days later, and 20 days later, emails are automatically going to go out and suggest to those people that, hey, there are other things that they could buy from you. What we know is that the most likely next customer is the most recent customer who already made a purchase. It might sound unintuitive, but it is 100% what the data shows in every industry. You know, the core idea is someone bought a bike, now they're going to need a helmet, now they're going to need shoes, those sorts of things, and they didn't necessarily buy it when they bought the bike. But the point is that the email is much easier to create. You really don't need to think about something creative to talk about. It's, hey, thanks for your purchase. Here are some ideas for other products. You already have those products. You're already selling them online. You already know what those products should be, although our tool can help you figure that out as well. But you already know what they are. And then once you create that email once, it can go out for years without you having to do anything. And those drive revenue 100%. And then you think, well, abandon cart email or abandon browse email, same idea. People are on your website. They're interested. They think about buying something and then they leave. If you can send them something to remind them to come back, those things work remarkably well also. So that's the easiest place to start. You know, you create a few emails, you get it going, and you don't necessarily need to say, oh, dear, I need to create a newsletter. It's so true. I'm just like listening to you and I'm just nodding my head because all the retailers that come to our, you know, in our P2 program or show up to our Monday Mingle, they are using, a lot of them are using a SEM360 and that's that, it's that make it, set it and just let it, like you're already sending the email before the customer even leaves your store. Sometimes it's like you just set it up and it's that easy. Totally. Um, That's right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. and Absolutely your continued support of the MBDA and retailers. I feel like every time we ask you to come share some of your knowledge, you make time for us. Really appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm totally glad to. If anyone listens to this, wants to send me an email, it's sbuelter at ascent360.com, spelled B-U-E-L-T-E-R. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you too. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. If it is your first episode, we urge you to take the time and listen to our past episodes. Support the show by first subscribing, then share your favorite episode online with friends. You can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for editing and promotional graphics. Music provided by Joel Picard.